Okay, let's do this thing because like we got shit to talk about. I guess this is already the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode eighty, the big eight zero, the big one. Our show is old enough to get vaccinated. You know, eighty years ago, um, was the creation of Wonder Woman as a character in 1941. Really, eighty years ago in 2020. So, yeah, so DC celebrating that anniversary this year. 1941 might also be when Captain America was created too. I'd have to double check that. So there's a couple 80 year anniversaries for some comic book characters this year. Yeah, that's cool. That's nice little. Mm-hmm. That's relevant trivia to have on our little show. Some here. golden age comic books where everybody fought Nazis, regardless <laughs> of if you were Marvel, DC, or Shazam, or whatever. Yeah, it's just like everyone was fighting Germans. I've knocked out Hitler over 200 times. <laughs> like I said, you help me sock old Adolf in the jaw. <laughs> This is Radiovania. This is episode 80. This is the nerdy pop culture podcast with your host, me, at Zacritello, and uh, sitting across from me in the digital sphere, drinking what looks like a bottle of like champagne, but that can't be what that is. It looks like it's beer, right? Lefe. Lefe. It's Belgian. Okay. Um, it's a blonde. And it's got this like champagne foil topping to it. That's what makes it so look like champagne. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. So if you are a Costco member, go get the Belgian variety pack. It's six of these bad boys, six hoe gardens, and 12 Stellas. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Kirkland. For $21. Kirkland, what up? Big ups to Kirkland. We're big fans here. Sponsor us, please. Yeah, Shout out to Kirkland. Um, For show. Sure. Like I said, Nerdy Public Radio, all things entertainment and pop culture. We've been doing this for 80 episodes now five years of this podcast right four or five years at this point i think our first episode was like 27 2015 2015 was it 2015 jesus really yeah i always date it based on force awakens yeah that's a good way to put it yeah right leading up to the force awakens which was christmas of 2015 yeah so a little over five years well 20 episodes to go until we do our guests like kramer like Kramer, like in, like in like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he was a permanent member of the show from the very beginning. Yeah, but he doesn't live in the apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. I didn't live in the apartment of Radiovania <laughs> until a couple episodes in. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, eventually, Kramer just never leaves, and he's always eating his food, and you know. But the it, why, here's why you're Kramer. Yeah, that's is me. that. The then, show, I, then he becomes Tommy Buffett. It, Kramer does evolve into Tommy Buffett. This is this is true. But um, you're Kramer because, you know, Seinfeld started by Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian. I started Radiovania thinking that it was going to be like a news-focused 20-minute bite-sized podcast thing. And then you came in and everyone <laughs> likes you more than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And by everyone, you mean my uncle, who should like me more than you anyway. That's our fan base. That's our fan base. That's what matters. That's it right there. That's it. That's all that matters. With small sample size, but it's all good. Yeah. Um, so if you've never listened to an episode of the show, you're in for a good one. The last news-based show we did was uh, December 15th, I think, if that sounds right to you. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. forever ago. So we've got like two months of like fucking big news to talk about, like lots of lots of stuff. Um, so uh, strap in; it's going to be a good episode. I think y'all are going to enjoy it. Um, 
But if you've never listened to the show before, we just run through the news. We talk about all the stuff in pop culture that we think is relevant and fun to talk about because, you know, that's us. And we got a big old news document here to go through. Um, follow us, Radiovania.com. That's where everything is. Um, podcast services around the world. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're, we're on Spreaker. We're on Anchor. We're everywhere, baby. Anywhere you want us to be, that's where we are. Tumblr, Tinder, Grinder, Tinder. We do have a grinder. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, John, Check how have you out. been? How have you been? The last episode we did was Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, have you recouped since then? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll some of uh, what I've been up to into my intros because I don't think they deserve full news topics necessarily. But I've just been working UPS still pretty pretty crazy. Um, I've been reading a lot of the new DC stuff for the future state this month in January. I would say that easily 60% of what I've gotten has been pretty good. Um, new versions of characters, old versions of, you know, like one of the titles is immortal wonder woman. It's about how Diana is immortal and she lives until the end of the earth. So that's pretty cool. She's like the last person, last man standing. Okay. There's a great book with Superman where he's a gladiator on a war planet. That book rocks. It's so good. Um, that sounds pretty metal. But yeah, so like planet Hulk that. So, so yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's really good. It's called Superman Worlds of War. Um, if you're interested, it's pretty dope. But the cool thing about these books is they are about five bucks each, but that's because they are like 60 pages each. So you get like yeah. three stories in every comic, which is dope. Um, so I've been a big fan of that. Still reading other things like Daredevil and Spider-Man. Um, nothing from Image right now. Now that Gideon Falls is over, but I know they got good stuff coming out. So yeah. Um, and then... We'll talk about the PlayStation in a little bit. Um, so I've been hitting that pretty hard. And Why don't you tell me about that right out the gate, man. Yeah, let's go for it. So Zach yeah. finally coming in like Thor showed up in Wakanda, got that PlayStation Five. Uh, he got the order from Amazon. Um, it's funny. Our, our other friend John, our other friend John Larson, um, he picked up his PlayStation Five from my house tonight. <laughs> so um, that's two. That's two down, baby. It's two you owe me, Junior. Um, Three PlayStation 5s total that I've got. I've, I'm so sorry, average consumer of America. I'm just, you can't yeah. stop me. Can't stop me. You're the stop. problem. At least you're not flipping them for like 1500 bucks. Like That's the thing is, is that yeah. I, and we'll talk about this later, but I am the real Robin Hood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Robin Hood uh, men in tights. Definitely. Carry oh, man, what a flick. Robin Hood men in tights. Un- underrated like spoof movie. Underrated. Mel Brooks, man. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, Zach got the PlayStation 5, showed up at my house, got it set up. I've been kicking it on Astro's Playroom, Spider-Man Miles. Uh, I've been playing Bug Snacks, which is Liddy. Oh, man. Um, oh, Bug Played Snacks. The Last of Us Remastered, yeah. which was great. Um, that's about it, though, for the PlayStation. I, I don't have as much time to play video games as I would like, but... I've been trying to, now that I have the new console and I got PS Plus again, but trying to broaden my horizon. So even if I'm not playing it yet, I've been going on to the store and adding stuff to my library that's free so I can try it someday. Yeah. Um, something that I neglected a long time ago. How, um, how do you feel and about... Yeah, and then... 
I was going to say, how do you feel about the console as a whole? Like, how do you feel about the, the way that it looks oh, dude, like the controller, the, like the, the UI, the interface, all that stuff. How do you feel about so, it? So it's sexy. It's yep. sexy, man. It's good. It runs really well. Looks good. The the hub is amazing. The console itself is too big. In my opinion. Way too big. Yeah. Um, which you talked about. It's they only made it that big so they can make a slim version one day and sell it. That's not the only, I mean, it's that big because it does have a lot of internal components and the fan is huge. Like when you look at a breakdown of what the inside looks like, the fan is like this much of the console, like almost my head size. And so eventually there will be a slim model. Um, but I don't know, man, it's like funny, like going back, I had the, have you ever seen photos or seen in person, like what the launch PlayStation three looked like? No, I played it. Yeah, it's a fucking chunker. That thing's yeah. a chunker too, and it's like not Dude, the, that much smaller. The original. So I have a PlayStation Two Slim, which is like this big. It's it's like the size that of a tiny card deck almost. Yeah, and the original PlayStation Two is is like the size of a shoebox. Like it's massive. Yeah, um, which is just wild to think where we've come but no dude i love the ps5 i mean obviously team playstation since like 2014 um the standout for me is the controller though that controller is the dual sense is filthy good uh it feels so good in the hands Mm -hmm. uh you were great to recommend playing astros so you could get a feel for what the dual sense can do so i'm excited to play more ps5 specific games that kind of implement that um yeah man i've been loving it and then besides the playstation and reading you know getting outdoors when i can staying safe unfortunately california's parts of it are shit show not necessarily santa cruz but still things are kind of closed around here so we've been yeah. doing a lot of hiking fostering animals um and i'm anticipating that super bowl who you got yeah um my my, oh, my quote-unquote tampa bay buccaneers so I'm, I'm going to, so I told this to our friend Larson the other day, all three of us were in a fantasy league, right? Um, and we, he and I were lamenting the fact that we already missed the fact that fantasy is gone and that there's really nothing that we can do about it. And, uh, but what I told him is that I think what I'm going to do is, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about stonks, but, um, I was saying I might take like 15, 20 bucks put it into DraftKings the night before the Super Bowl and then just make a bunch of like fun little prop bets to work off of. And, and um, you know, just to keep it because like, I really don't care about this Super Bowl that much. I don't want Tom Brady to walk away with another Super Bowl. I just, I, I'm sorry, Tom. I'm sorry. I re- appreciate the dynasty, but I want, I, I'm just not a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, you would rather have the Chiefs go back to back? I would, because I think that story is cool. I like Pat Mahomes quite a bit. And I like yeah, Tyreek. He's great. Um, so here's I just, the cool I thing. I think that'd be a cool story. Like, Pat Mahomes, in my opinion, is the most talented quarterback that we have right now. But Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback of all time. So it's a great, it's a great showdown. It is a good showdown. Um, it's a good but showdown. The real showdown for me is I want it to be like, I want them both to score 50 points ish. And I want it all to be um, Travis Kelsey on the chiefs and Antonio Brown on the bucks. So I could keep both of them next season and then just continue to run train just to motivate you. I don't know if Antonio Brown's going to have that good yeah. of a game, my friend. <laughs> no, he won't, but Travis Kelsey could, I mean, Travis he's, he's good for 120 yards a game. I mean, he's great. 
Um, I would not want to. I mean, the Buccaneers defense is really good, though. So this is what I think it could be a fun Super Bowl, unlike the last couple ones that we've had. Um, Yeah. Especially that St. Louis, New England Super Bowl two years ago. That was like so boring. Yeah, boring. Oh, what a snooze fest. (laughs) Um, This one could be this one could be really fun because that Buccaneers defense going up against the best offense in the NFL is going to be pretty sweet. So, and I know that the, I know this. I don't is know clean. who's gonna win. I know a lot of people hate Tom Brady, but I mean, I respect w- him. I never got to he's see just Michael too, Jordan. He's play. won too much. Yeah, I never got to watch Michael Jordan play. So this is kind of like our version of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know it's cliche to say is like you know I'm a football fan. I love the Bengals. Who day until I die? But you know I'm not like I'm a fringe football fan. Like I I don't watch every single game. I don't pay attention to every single stat. So this might sound cliche, but one thing I actually really am excited to see this year is how they how they pull off a halftime show during a pandemic. Like I'm interested to see how the weekend does and how they're how how they're gonna do this. Just from a technical standpoint, you know. I think this should just get uh this should just get Fauci out there for the halftime. Make him twerk for 30 un- <laughs> uninterrupted minutes. <laughs> With a J Lo, yeah. Yeah, right. Just run it back. <laughs> is doing that over and over and over again um so yeah i guess i can run through the stuff that i've been doing unless you had anything else that you wanted to add in no that's it that's it all right um that's it been playing a lot of video games uh i beat hitman 3 i see that Um, our news doc yeah you got a lot of stuff here it came out like a week or two ago at this point i can't remember exactly when it got delivered um play the wheels off that Really, really fun. I'm going to go back and kind of like try different things in the game. Have you ever played a Hitman game before, John? No. It's cool. Um, You know, you have assassination targets and you have to like figure out... It's kind of like a big puzzle game. You have to figure out ways to, you know, get this person to a certain area so you can execute the perfect kill or... In this game's case, it's like Assassin's Creed, it, kind of, but it's a little bit more complex than Assassin's Creed, a little less story based. It's more like you're dropped into this giant space, this confined space. Like the first level in the game is you parachute into the top of uh, the the tallest building in Abu Dhabi. And basically you have two targets in the tall, this building. And one of them is like a security, like, like has needs a security detail. And then the other person is like an artist that is just, you know, constantly being guarded and like walking around and you have to figure out the ways to like kill these people. Um, but let me tell you this. Let me sell you on this game. I, I don't think you should run out and buy this right away. Like I paid, I paid sixty dollars for it. I, you could probably wait for a sale. Like if this game was like twenty dollars, this is a perfect game to play over a weekend. Like totally perfect game. Like, um, but the second level of the game, the second mission, is in Dartmoor, and it takes place in a giant mansion. And there's a family that lives in this mansion. And the whole thing is that you can, if you decide to, you can knock out and take the clothes of disguise yourself as the detective that's solving a murder inside this house. And you have to question all these different family members. And one of the family members is your target. So it's kind of like Knives Out, the video game, except you're a, a hitman. And yeah. it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Like that that mission is so awesome. And um I really, really thoroughly enjoyed that. And there, there's a bunch of surprises in the game, but that one's really good. If you're out there on the fence about Hitman, pick it up. If you really, if you think you might dig it or wait for a sale, either way, definitely a fun game. 
Um, what else? I don't want to talk about the next two. Cyber Shadow, if you have Game Pass, play that. It's the guys that made Shovel Knight, really good game. Um, it's kind of like a mix between Mega Man Xbox. and... Huh? Xbox? It's on all three platforms. It's on Switch, PlayStation 5, and Xbox, but it's free if you subscribe to Game Pass. So definitely try it if you're on Game Pass. But um, it's like Ninja Gaiden meets Mega Man. It's kind of like the synthesis of both of those games. Um, Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Um, and so then... I'll skip Captain Toad because who cares? Who gives a fuck about Captain Toad? It was fun. I was actually curious about that. Oh, really? Okay. What are you curious about? Is it fun? Yeah, it was cute. It's right, way next. too short. It's way too short. Like, I think I finished the game uh, in like five hours. And Nintendo's Nintendo's Nintendo and I'm still charging like $60 for it. So um, I got ooh. it for $5 because Walmart made a fuck up on their website. And I got it for five bucks. But um. The last thing I played is the, and you have a PlayStation 5, so you should actually try and download this, is, um, I don't know, John, have you ever played a Resident Evil game? I have at your house. Do you remember this? That's right. I do remember this. Um, yeah. Yeah, the the demo for, was it Resident Evil 7 in <laughs> VR? Yep. Which was like one of the worst experiences of my entire <laughs> life, so I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> um, is it good? This is the one that's in like, um like the town right the village or whatever yes so it's called resident evil 8 colon village um but the whole point of this game uh, the whole like the 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 atmosphere of the game each resident evil game has their own atmosphere it's like resident evil 2 you're inside this like old police station and resident evil 3 you're in this like downtown metropolis resident evil 7 which is the one that we played together the whole thing takes place in like the hillbilly swamps of louisiana yeah and uh, yeah, I didn't terrifying. love it's terrifying, so scary. but I didn't love that aesthetic like too much. Like I think that, you know, the swamp house is like super scary and kind of like gross, but the setting of the new one is like you're in a castle kind of, and uh, it's really, really cool. And the mm. demo is free for PlayStation five owners. It's called maiden M A I D E N uh, it takes about 25 minutes to complete, but it's a real showcase of, it looks fucking gorgeous on the PlayStation 5. Holy God. It looks really, really good. And uh, this one might have sold me early because I like the aesthetic of it so much, like vampires and castles. It's kind of like Bloodborne in first-person horror mode. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's about everything I've uh, I also watched um, – I watched uh, – have you heard of a movie? The only real movie I think I've seen since we got together was um, – have you heard of Psycho Goreman? Nope. Okay. It's an independent film. I think it's published, uh, some independent studio published. Oh, Shudder. Have you ever heard of the streaming service Shudder? Like the scary? Yeah. So it's partially funded by them, but it's like a horror movie with a lot of practical effects. But it's um, kind of a campy throwback, 80s, cheesy, over-the-top, violent horror movie. I, I thought it was all right. Like I recommend slasher? it. Kind of. It, it's it's almost like Rick and Morty had a baby with um, like Power Rangers. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's like you have all these like people in these crazy costumes and stuff, but then it's also telling like this like really. It's supposed to be like a campy horror movie. It's or mixed with a little Stranger Things in there too. There's like two lead kids that are the main characters, and they find like a demon cool. buried in their backyard. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny. So, but yeah, nice. that's all I've been up to. 
Yeah, the one thing I've been watching, I guess I left this out in my I've been watching Shameless. Oh, really? Izzy, the American Shameless with uh with Bill Macy um and the other ensemble. And are you uh, enjoying it? Are, I love it. It's so good. Uh we're like halfway through ten seasons right now. We're in season six, but it's like my kind of show. I like shows about people that <laughs> that don't have their shit together and get fucked up and you know, but it's kind of got like some dark humor to it too. It's the kind always of like, sunny syndrome. Yeah, it's like it's always sunny but a little more grounded. Um, okay. I've never watched more. I haven't watched a single episode. Do you think I would enjoy it's, it? I think you would. I think you should give it a chance. I think the first season in particular I think is really good, but Okay. I've been really digging it. Um, I love the ensemble cast, the kids and stuff like that. And yeah. you might not like some of the kids initially, because I know how you feel about kid actors, but I think they're really good. Okay. And if you stick with the show, they become adults eventually anyway. So, um, but yeah, I've been really digging that. So it's crazy to me. The show has been going on for like forever. I know this is the final seasons coming out right now. So it'll go up on Netflix pretty soon and we'll watch that together. But yeah, we finished Lost, and that was since I, I picked Lost for us to watch. You picked Shameless, so we're kind of taking turns. So, cool. But we both dug each other's choices so far, so good. Good sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, speaking of shows and choices, let's do we it. Got two things to go through here. This is the start of the entire episode. This is the start of the bulk of it. So. So I was going to, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you yeah. want to, in order to move things along? Cause this is a thick boy. It's a do you want to set timers? I don't know if we need to tell you what I can do is, do you want to set like we, I could set like a timer and like keep my eye on it, but I don't think we need to set to a specific like right. limit. You I was know? just curious. I was just curious. Um, well, this whole zoom well, thing is start? tricky because it doesn't tell you like how long you've been recording. It's tricky like that. Like it's like Vegas. There's no lights. There's no clocks. It's just, you get lost <laughs> in the sauce. I've been at the blackjack tables for five hours. Yeah. Hit me, hit me, hit me. All right. I'm going to start a timer. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing we have to do okay, cool. is we have to talk about, uh, the Mandalorian. La Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so what did we watch we the last time we talked about this? How far did we get? So we did a new show, like you said, in mid-December. Since then, we've done Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman as our last two pods. Um, and the, the new show that we did was after the Disney investor call, like two days before the finale of The Mandalorian. And then okay. we haven't done a new show since. So we've never actually talked about this on air, but we've talked about this for like the last month and a half. But okay. in order to get it in the vocal records, um, The Mandalorian season two finale, episode eight, The Rescue, I believe is what it's called. If I remember correctly, chapter six. Is that 16. what it's called? The Rescue. Yeah, I think it's called The Rescue. Um, directed by Peyton Reed, who directed both Ant-Man films, as well as episode two of the season two, the passenger with frog lady shout out. Um, <laughs> the episode Zach, that, uh, you, the, no one likes. <laughs> no, no, no. Two. It was, I like that episode just fine. I, I was going to say that's the episode that, um, PETA got really upset about. Mm. They were like, this, this fictional character eggs. shouldn't be eating eggs. <laughs> that was a good right, George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, no, I, I loved every episode of season two, but I think what you should do is wrap up 
a conversation of the season as a whole. Yeah, I agree. As well as like touch on parts of the finale that we liked because we never actually discussed that on air. Sure. Um, but I will go first if you don't mind. Um, Hit definitely, it. I think we could both agree season two far and away better than season one. Um, Johnny Fabs and, and Dave Filoni Johnny. are doing doing great work over there with the Star Wars stuff as evidenced by that Disney investor call with all the things they get to produce coming forward. But season two took the quote unquote adventure of the week syndrome problem that season one had, but did it in a way that you might think the episodes are going that way, but they do actually like tie together in a good way. So like, I guess in season one, we have one of my least favorite episodes, which I think is the worst episode of the show is the gunslinger where he goes to Tatooine oh, and God, he's hanging that out with uh, sucks. That episode yeah, he's hanging sucks. Out, yeah. He's hanging out with Bobby Cannavale's kid. Um, who's just playing like this frat boy, Dick wad. And, but the, that whole episode sets up Fennec, the character, right. Which does make like, she makes an appearance in this season. She's in the, the dead of Boba Fett. So like they kind of tied that together, but all the episodes, what I'm I'm trying to say though, is in season two, there are episodes like that with character introductions that come back into play within the season. And it's meaningful. Like Bo-Katan, for example, played by Katie Sackhoff, um, which I thought was really cool. So I really dug this season. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, we probably talked about it, but even like the episode with Bill Burr, right before the finale it was so good where it's just like yeah it's like this 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 fetch quest where they have to drive a truck through the jungle and then like we talked about before they like meet the southern general and like oh. there's this tense quentin tarantino scene and it leads to a shootout and stuff like that it's just like very memorable and fresh star wars but while also doing that this season they were able to and i give these guys all the credit in the world bring in things that mean a lot to a lot of people like Ahsoka Tano is a huge character she has a huge following and they nailed that and Dave Filoni got to go he got to close his loop if you will by like bringing her into the live action fold and then in the finale we get Luke Skywalker which I won the drink bet spoilers that be known <laughs> Judge <Yeah, well>. spoil. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine if you're not you got to be living under a rock not to follow the Mandalorian yeah yeah for sure if you're watching this show sorry um anybody else so i just i don't know i just think they handled things really well but like yes all the luke stuff was really cool but that finale um with with mando and grogu and like him taking the helmet off like you predicted to to look on the kid with his own eyes if you will in the same way that darth vader does it's just like that finale was fantastic um and we got like we got so much Moff Gideon this season too, which I was worried after the first three episodes we weren't going to get a lot of him. But he is so great. I mean, Giancarlo oh, yeah. Esposito is just too fantastic, and I'm so glad they did not kill him off because I think he is a fantastic character. Um, so yeah. lots of great new characters, lots of cool returns. Speaking for me, like emotionally when when they're on when they're on the bridge of that ship and they're like getting ready to get fucked by these dark troopers and the x-wing goes by and then they're like we got a ship incoming and she's like oh one x-wing great we're saved sarcastically i like sat up in my bed and i was like no no way (laughs) and then like 
you see like the cloaked figure walking down the hall and i was like trying to i was trying to like undersell myself i was like there's no way they're going that way it's probably like ezra bridger from rebels or maybe even ahsoka has an x-wing or something and then they show that shot of him walking like past the camera with the black gloved hand and the green lights I just want to go hang out with John Favs and drink a couple beers about like the Empire's back because I bet he just is the biggest Star Wars fan. And it's a shame that he wasn't in charge earlier than the Mandalorian because I think he could have done some really cool cohesive things across all the Star Wars films. But that's another conversation for another time. So two thumbs up. Season two, really good. We'll talk more about the future of Star Wars um, and a couple of news things later on. But yeah, I turn it over to you now. Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of what you said. I mean, it's um, like I told you when we, we talked about it after the season ended and we, we had to call each other because I needed to talk to somebody. <laughs> I needed yeah. something. And I, I, uh, none of my friends or family had seen it for like 12 hours and I was going crazy because <laughs> I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't even talk to my driver helper at work was a big star Wars fan and we would talk about Mando every week. And I got in Friday morning cause I stayed up late and watched it when it came out on Thursday. I was like, did you watch it? And he's like, no. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to talk to you about all day. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, like I said, I echo a lot of what John says here. Um, I do think that season two is so much better than the first season of Mandalorian that it's not even funny. Like it's not even funny how much better it is. It's better in every way. Storytelling, the writing is better. The comedy is funnier. The action set pieces look better. Like this, they, they clearly dumped more money into it. And the effects budget went way up. Yeah. And it's clear to me, it's so clear to me after finishing season two, that it's like season one of Mandalorian was really a proving ground. And um, I think that season one will, I don't know. Age better isn't the right word, but I think season one might, I might look more favorably on it with time because I'll kind of think about like, Oh, this is where Disney plus started. And we'll talk about this with WandaVision, but like the Mandalorian season one was kind of like a learning period for a lot of people. And if anything was going to be a learning period, it makes complete fucking financial sense for them to, and creative sense, financial and creative sense for them to say like, Hey, let's start slow with the show about a completely unknown character character behind a mask a character that is you know cool because he wears this cool suit of armor that we have this association with and um let's slowly build upon that and i think that season two just nails it so hard it did so many it fixed every problem that i had with the first season it's almost like they listened to this podcast and they were like <laughs> they were like what is zach complaining about with mando season one how can we fix that this week and and they did it and yeah i'll, I'll echo your sentiment again that season finale is just emotional on a level that star Wars really hasn't hit for me since, uh, the original trilogy really. Yeah. Like, um, and they do such a good job of like tying in some of the like bullshit lore that I didn't really care about for the longest time. Yeah. Like, like Boba Fett in this season talking about Jango Fett, like made me feel nostalgic and I don't really like Jango Fett. And I was like, wow, like that's kind of cool that they're making him a yeah. little bit of a cooler character, like post haste. Yeah, I mean, I think Attack um, of the Clones is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. But in the scene, <laughs> the scene on that episode where he drops the the sonic boom bomb or whatever, I was the like, seismic charge. Yeah, yeah, I was like, let's go Attack of the Clones, baby. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I love that. I love like I love Bo Katan calling his father his donor. I was like, damn, dude, yeah. like 
Just opening George Lucas's mouth and taking a dump in it, you know. Um, it was it was cool. It was yeah. really cool. And, and so I'm excited I'm ex- to see. I'm excited. We'll talk about this. Here. We have a news story about this. It's our third news story. But I'm excited to see where where Star Wars goes, where the Mandalorian goes. I will say that like I'm itching, man. Like I'm already itching. Like I re- I really w- wish that it wasn't. An, I don't. I think that they said it's going to be another year or two between season two and three, which is such a bummer. Um, I'm yeah, excited we'll for the Bo- other. We'll get Book of Boba Fett before we get season three, so it'll be two years. Yeah, I'm just not. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but I just want to. I want to know where this story goes from here, I, and um, I'm just so like it's crazy. Like they've attacked. I'm I'm attached. I'm officially attached to this yeah. to these characters, and and you know, for Baby sure. Yoda and Mando are just very lovable characters, and I've grown attached to them, and now I want to see their story conclude, and and. Now that's the next thing is that I don't want them to cheese it. That's going to be my worry for the next few years is like, I don't want them to like cop out. Like I really want a definitive conclusion. I want a return of the Jedi for this show. I don't want it to be dragged on. Um, I think three and done for them. For I sure. think so too. I hope, I hope so. Especially, I hope pray to God. Especially with baby Yoda, Grogu leaving with Luke Skywalker this season. You know, I'm sure season three we get a significant time jump, and totally. I think they can they conclude the reclamation of Mandalore and dealing with Moff Gideon in, within season three, and then that show is just three seasons and done, and it's a great addition to the Star Wars universe. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and and transition to our other Disney Plus show here. We should things along a little bit. So WandaVision. Started a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They dropped. uh, They've dropped four episodes. They dropped two at once on the premiere, and then there's been two um, over the course of the following two weeks. So we've had four total episodes. Is it out of eight? Have they confirmed that? I think there's nine. I thought there was nine. I'll look this up real quick. Hold on. It's an odd number. Interesting. Um, But we will do. Yeah, since it's still kind of fresh. Zach yeah, good point. Good point some, there. Good point. Good some point. Some spoiler-free uh, discussions at the beginning, and then we will do some spoiler stuff. Oh, my later. camera's What's all fucking. Yeah, there's nine. Nine. Okay. The last episode will air on March fifth, twenty twenty-one, which is like two weeks before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they're just gonna keep pumping stuff out, which is dope. Yeah. Yeah, I found out recently that one of my favorite um, voice actors is in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm stoked about that. So Troy Baker? No, I wish. It's uh, Carl Lumley, who plays John Jones, Martian Manhunter in the Justice League cartoon, um, as well as he played uh, Dick Holleran in Doctor Sleep. So, um, um, Side anyway. note, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are coming to HBO Max on the 1st of February. Did you hear about this? Fuck yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm itching. I have HBO Max is a great subscription service, man. Let it's me talk. Really like they've got good. every DC thing that you could possibly want. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's great. Plus all the HBO stuff too, which is yeah. dope. Um, well worth the money for me. I can't wait to mm-hmm. dive into mm-hmm. some Justice League because I didn't bring all the DVDs out west with me. So yeah. Plus it'll look it'll look better on that TV than the DVD resolutions that I've been watching. <laughs> anyway, so spoiler free, real quick. Um, Zach, you go first this time because I talked about Mando, but thoughts okay. on WandaVision? Uh, I'm loving it. 
I think that WandaVision is is everything that I wanted from Mandalorian season one. And okay. I know that that's a that's a that's a loaded sentence, but it's like Yeah, I feel like they're very different, but I'm I'm curious to see where you go with this thread. So So there's three, John. There's three. three the, the Holy Trilogy or the Holy okay. Trinity of for Zach Rotello here. Okay. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Those are yeah. my three things. Those are my three like big franchises that I adore. No um, love for the uh, the Tobey Maguire Spidey on your fan on your fingers there. Well, we can fit him into the MCU. We'll see what happens with the uh, <laughs> Multiverse Madness, baby. <laughs> the wreck on that shit. Come on, bring yeah. It on. I think I I get what you're saying. I don't think you can bundle all of the Marvel together, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, I do. For sure. I do love but that's your holy Toby trinity. Spidey. I respect it. I can't narrow it down to three. So yeah. So those are my, those are my three. Those are my three. um, Those are my three IP that are like the, the, the biggest things in the world to me in terms of, you know, film and television and whatever. And um, Star Wars, you know, Star, Star Wars was, it was a risky gamble. Disney saying we're, we're dumping billions of dollars into the streaming service. We're going to launch it with a, the first live action Star Wars television show. That's, that's big. That's like a big, that's a big move. And they gambled really, because like we've had six, ever since the Disney acquiring of Star Wars, there were six movies announced in the span of six years. It was a movie a year. And we all know how the internet took to that one. So, so it was like, you know, Mandalorian first live action TV Star Wars movie. And you know, I watched the first season of Mando and I liked it. I didn't love it. And I was really scared. And I, I remember saying to you on one of the Mandalorian episodes when the first season, I was like, I'm really scared for Mar- what this means for Marvel because I, w- I you know, I love Marvel, the MCU so yeah. much. And um, I was like, yeah. I really hope that the quality of the MCU TV shows are not, because I think that I was so jaded after episodes four five and six of Mando where it's like, there's this random, like you mentioned it earlier, with this random episode in the desert, and we're doing this, and then there's this episode where he's in a village, and blah blah. blah. It's like Monster yeah, of the Week. I like stuff. the Prison Break one, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked it only in that it introduced Bill Burr. That was really get the that only gun thing out of my face, Mando. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll keep I'll keep it short again because I know we're trying to do spoiler free for the first part. But um, yeah, Wandavision is excellent. If you have any love for TV, like historical TV from the fifties onwards, you're going to love this show. It's, it plays so good into that nostalgia of me waking up on Sunday mornings before going to church. I'd watch TV land in the living room and eat donuts and, you know, drink my orange juice and shit like that. And it's like, I love Lucy bewitched. Um, I'm most confident that they're going to get into like, um, Frasier and Seinfeld in the office and all this stuff. And it's like all this great TV, and the backbone of it is just such a genius idea and gr- such a great concept. And it's taking two characters that I really didn't have much affinity for in the MCU and making me care about them in a way that I really didn't expect. And so I think that the show is excellent. Stay away from spoilers. Uh, there's a lot of spoilers out there on the interwebs, so stay away from those. I think this is a great show to be surprised by. And that's what's in- that's what's exciting to me is that you know they're taking the MCU formula once again and you know giving it to you slightly twisted you know in a different and and tantalizing way and it's not and it feels very different from a lot of the mcu so far what did you think um i i will agree with what a lot a lot of what you have said um 
I'm really digging it too. It took me until probably episode three and four, which I think are the two standouts for me at least to really buy into the premise because seasons one and two is so much like mystery box world setup. Not that it's a bad thing. I think exposition is a wonderful thing and, and very much needed in some shows, but I was watching those episodes and I was like, if I didn't already know who these characters were, I feel like I'd be really confused. But since I do, and they're giving me a reward for being a Marvel fan for 10 plus years, I was just eating that shit up. Like, you know, we'll talk about, I guess we can talk and save the spoilers later, but again, I like the history of television aspect to it. I think is really cool. Um, tying in, I don't want to insult anyone, but like the B and the C level Marvel yeah. characters together for a yeah. show, like is a really smart idea. I don't think that's an insult. Um, yeah, like, it's, and, and we can talk more about that when we get there, but they're making me, like, appreciate other characters more or remember that they even exist, which is, like, kind of sad. Yeah. But um, but speaking just specifically on, on Wanda and Vision specifically, um, this is the most I've liked Paul Bettany as the Vision um, and probably the most I've liked Wanda, but what they're setting up and like as a comic book fan and as a Marvel comic book fan, like I don't want to ruin some stuff for you, but I have some ideas and I'm sure you've read some theories online, but like I hope to God that they do what I think they're going to do with this show because that would make phase four so dope and like really grounded. Um, and I would love it so much, but yeah, I'm digging it. I love all the Easter eggs. I love the Easter eggs, not only for Marvel, but for television. Um, yeah. Oh, my yeah. mom and my dad raised me on watching old television shows that they watched as a kid. So Shelby and I have seen every episode of the Brady Bunch. You know, we watched a lot of Saved by the Bell. Um, when oh, I go yeah. to my mom's house. AC Slater, of, baby. Like, yeah, we watched a lot of like I Love Lucy. And, you know, so all this stuff is like hitting right in the uh, nostalgia feels for me too. So I'm digging it, man. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, I think shit's going to hit the fan pretty soon. But, uh, Again, so what I'll cap it off on is without spoiling anything, because I don't want shit spoiled for me. I've never read The Visions and I've never read House of M, which are the two things that a lot of people, you know, have been talking about on the internet. And I've stayed away from those. I don't want to know. I'm staying away from it. But what I'll say is that, you know, before the MCU TV series came out, Kevin Feige made this comment where he was like, the Marvel television shows are going to intrinsically play into the MCU. They're not just going to be these side stories. They're going to play into the overall narrative. And so I'm, I am taking that statement to heart. I am expecting this thing to make, you know, we take for granted movies like the winter soldier, which is one of my favorite MCU movies, but the winter soldier, you know, made every bad guy, every good guy, a bad guy. Like it turns shield into Hydra and that's a huge thing. And I'm expecting this show to kind of have stakes like that is a top five Marvel movie for sure. It's definitely up there. We should do that episode. One of these days. Well, we'll have to do the, after we're done doing star Wars and, and, uh, the God pod (laughs) pod father, (laughs) the pod father. Yeah. (laughs) We'll eventually have to do the MCU. Um, if my son should be Struck by a bolt of lightning. None of this I cannot forgive. Uh, yeah, so no, yeah. we 
we need to rank our MCU stuff in, in anticipation totally. of Black Widow in Phase 4. Um, Which who knows when that fucker is going to come out. I don't know, man. I've been watching Endgame, and I'm just like, come on. Just, like, drop it. Let's just just, just, it. Like, just give it to us. Like, I'll I want to see ScarJo I'll pay again. $100 at this point, Disney. You heard me. I'll pay $100 to watch that movie right now. There you go. You got one ticket sold. I already lost money on GameStop. What do I got to lose? All right. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's spo- talk about spoilers. spoilers. Really quick. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers from here on out for WandaVision. Skip forward like four minutes. I've got the timer going. All right, cool. Dude, fucking that shot of Vision dead vision walking into the house at the end of the episode four was fucking awesome <laughs> yeah it's like it's like lost and you know it's, yeah. it's so like those interjecting these like moments of horror into like this thriller setting is amazing um the last five minutes of episode three with wanda realizing that geraldine doesn't belong there and throwing yeah. her out and all of episode four is like i'm in it's like, it's I'm so in. I loved them doing. <laughs> they bring in Kat Dennings, who I did not like in Thor, um, <laughs> and they brought, brought back uh, FBI agent Jimmy Woo from Ant Man and the Wasp. I love that guy as well as Mon- I love that. Guy. Yeah, as well as Mon- that actor is great. Yeah, um, as well as Monica Rambeau. You know yeah. that episode, episode four, where it's like, um, you know, not taking place in the sitcom and then figuring stuff out felt to me like the beginning of national treasure. And I was just like really into it where he's just like all these kind of like quirky dorks trying to figure out what's going on and stuff like that. And I was getting some major Riley pool vibes from uh, Kat Denning's character that episode, but dude, I, I brought was you to the library of Congress. Why? Cause it's the biggest library in the world. Yeah. So I'm very excited where it goes. I love the opening of episode four with yes. Monica Rambo coming back from the blip, as they yes. call it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and all the people showing up in the hospital, which during COVID hits differently, where they're like, "We don't have room for anybody." <laughs> Just like, yeah, geez, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I, um, so I, I'm stealing this from um, someone in the Reddit discussion thread for episode four. Because after I finished watching it, I texted you and I asked if you had seen it. You hadn't yet. So I had a very similar thing to the Mando finale for you at work where I was yeah. like, I need to read. I need to read up and what people are saying. And so this isn't my own personal thought. This is what someone else said on the MCU subreddit. But um, someone was like, this feels like the the appropriate dealing with, you know, the snap, the blip or whatever. Because I yeah. I liked Far From Home quite a bit. Like I think it's a good Spider Man movie. But the way that they treat the blip, the the blip, it's like comedy. The, yeah, they treat yeah. it totally with com- with comedic gloves. It's, and it's the so opening funny, of that that scene of them in the gym when they're yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I think of. And it's like totally comical and farcical, and they and they they treat it as a comedy beat. And um, in the beginning of this, it's immediately like this is what I expected. It's like when Endgame happens, when the Infinity War happens. I remember spending that entire year until Endgame talking about like, dude, what happens to people that were on airplanes? What happens to people that are like trapped in like these situations? Like, like what's happened to this? What happens with the food supply, the the energy, and all this stuff? And like even in that short like 5 minute intro they yeah. they build that suspense and you feel that tension like that that anxiety and i oh god i loved it so much i love the opening of episode 4 
Yeah, man, it was really cool. I was very, very much more invested after that episode, and I'm excited to to see what happens. But I am looking forward to I'd like the break for them to be able to explain what's going on. But I'm excited for next week so we can get to the sitcom aspect of it. Yeah, because I want to see what '80s show they, uh, you know, base off of. So. Yeah, they definitely have to do some cheers. They have to definitely have to go to a town bar or something like that. Like someone's going to yeah. say vision and everyone's going to clap. And <laughs> I bet you that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe some saved by the bell, but that's saved by the bell was like nineties, right? Or was saved by the bell 90s. starting nineties. No, nineties. Yeah. So I'm, trying, 90s. I'm trying to think of like, if they're going to do nineties, they'll do something else. They'll do, they'll they're going to do Seinfeld. Or, yeah. Or for friends sure. or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, or that was a good pull with Frazier there too, but I think it'd be Seinfeld. Get that bass drop going. I mean, that's an easy pull. All it, like you just put that in there and everyone instantly knows it. Like, Oh fuck. It's Seinfeld yeah. time. So I don't, I have no idea what to do based on predictions, but what I want by the end of this season is for them to set up Wanda to be a villain going forward. That's the one thing I know like, about Wanda Maximoff is that she doesn't end up becoming like pretty sinister in in the yeah. comics. Um, and it seems like they're setting her up to be like Jean Grey, you know, which I dig. Like, because yes, they finally have the X Men, but they're setting classic. her up to be like this uncontrollable force that was once good and is now going to have to be taken down by her peers and. Yeah the one person that could possibly talk her down got a rock ripped out of his head and he's dead. So in that classic uh, Marvel cinematic universe, it's like, Oh, the X-Men universe tried twice to do the dark Phoenix. We're going to do it on the first try. Yeah. <laughs> Yolo. Yeah. Yikes. Both of those Phoenixes, Phoenix. I, yeah. we still got to watch the new mutants, baby. <sighs> No, <laughs> I'd rather watch Green Lantern again. Um, no, you're crazy. There's no <laughs> way that the New Mutants is worse than Green Lantern. Green Lantern sucks. That's true. All but right. Yeah. So WandaVision. Two thumbs way up. Can't wait for it to keep we'll come going. Back to, we'll come back with more thoughts as it goes on. But your favorite episode is it episode four? Um, I don't know. It's tricky, man. I really liked all four of them. I, I, I really, I wish that I could just count episode one and two as an episode. Um, it almost felt to me like what it's definitely, I can see the inspiration. Maybe it's just because I've been watching a lot of twin peaks recently rewatching that show, but it's like the first two, uh, two and a half, three episodes are kind of to me what it would be like if David Lynch directed a Marvel universe movie, which is just a dream project for yeah. me personally. But like, it's got that weird quality to it, that like surrealist thing that you don't really know what's happening. Like that one shot, one of my favorite shots is the end. I think it's the end of episode two where they're standing outside and she just like vision just noticed that she became pregnant or whatever. And then they see the storm drain and the, the, the drain opens. And then that beekeeper looking guy comes up and like, um, John's frozen. His computer's frozen. Oh, wait, he's back. There he is. I'm back. Could you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, they see the beekeeper come out of the, the storm drain and then he turns around and she goes, no. And then it all like rewinds. It's like, that yeah. is to me something that I could see being in like a Mulholland Drive or a, a David some David Lynch project. So I'm really digging that aspect of it for sure. For sure. Is it time for news flashpoint? 
Let's do some news flashpoint. So our first and big story and possibly the most entertaining story is one that I'm actually going to have Zach field, but I will set it up. Um, but if you haven't been paying attention to the news recently, um, the stock market scene has since been uh, taken over by storm with the popularity of GameStop stock as well as some AMC stock. And stock. Yep. And people using Robinhood um, and, you know, you know, basic middle, middle ground day traders um, hacking the system to screw over hedge fund managers that are, you know, multi-billion dollar earners that have been using the system on the failing GameStop stock over the past couple of years to gain some monies off of it. Um, and Zach and I kind of talked about this on the phone earlier this week, but I was going to kind of turn it over to you. Tell me your thoughts on it because we've talked about GameStop multiple times on the show and how it's, it's a total failure. They, they, you know, they treat their employees so horribly, but you know, it was so interesting that it's like meme culture led these Reddit users to pick this as a, as a way to kind of stick it to the man, stick it to the 1%, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I won't, there's not, uh, this is a pop culture podcast and I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about finance and I almost wish yeah, that we bring Lar- Rigdon on if, uh, we yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> or Larson. Like I kind of wish that Larson couldn't have come over until later so that he could have like guest starred on the podcast to kind of run it down because you, you need a finance person to explain to you exactly what's happening. Uh, I've seen the big short, but that's about all the technical training I've had. I've seen the big short and the Wolf of Wall Street, and that's about all I got for you. So, um, yeah. but yeah, basically what John said is that like, it started with a lot of, um, you know, they've been calling them retail investors, like people that aren't like stock market traders, but people that stay at home, people that like day trade people that invest in stocks and ETFs like casually, um, which I really would have never considered myself a retail trader, but I do like watching the stock stock market. And I do, you know, I've invested in some companies that I believe in and I'm, I'm what they call a bag holder where I invest in a stock when it's low and hold that thing for a long, long time, hoping that it gains over time. So I invest a very small amount of money and watch that grow. And so like volatile investments have never been a real thing for me. Um, you know, volatility in the market scares me because I don't have a lot of like liquid income. I don't have a whole lot of money just sitting around that I can waste on a stock that is a meme. Um, but in this case, I started getting rumblings about this about like a week or two ago when GameStop stock suddenly went from like $8 a share to 30. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at it's work. tripled and be- since then, right? Uh, so the last time I, ch- so the, the peak, um, we'll, uh, we'll get into this here in a sec, but like, Two days ago, when I finally started considering rebuying GameStop stock, it was trading at $480 a share. And um, that's considerable. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. That I mean, that's... And I remember, like I said, I remember sitting at work and talking with my boss and having the GameStop stock pulled up on my Robinhood app and seeing that it was trading at $30 a share. And I remember saying out loud, like, this is crazy. Like, this is a crazy number. And I've, you know, I've, I'm, I'm glad that people got in when it was low and are now being able to like make a bunch of money on it now that it's $30, but now it's over 
it's been trading at the max at almost $480 a share. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't buy it when it was 30, (laughs) like just kicking myself. And so I bought it, I bought it when it was like six, uh, like a hundred and so, and then I sold it when it jumped up a little bit. And then the other day when it was in the three hundreds, I bought again and now I'm kind of holding and seeing what happens. Um, But it's just crazy, man. Like, yeah, it is partially like sticking it to the man, sticking it to the 1%, like, you know, like watching these head fund man again, like, I don't want to say that I know anything about the stock market, but it's like these short gains holders are now being forced out of their positions because the stock is trading so high. And, you know, with the way that math works, it's like sooner or later, they're going to have to give up these positions on these stocks that they were hoping were going to stay like really low. And then that's going to make the, the, the cost skyrocket. Like you can look up Google search. If anyone out there is curious, like Google search, the Volkswagen stock, jump of like 2006 i think it was 2007 something like that but it was like all of a sudden for no random reason whatsoever volkswagen stock was trading at like a thousand dollars a share one day and people that were holding it at these low prices like causing it to go up suddenly made this thing like the squeeze and it jumps up and it starts trading at this crazy high amount and um you know the people that held it hoping that would stay short get fucked and the people that bought it low and sell high you know profit. And one of the the only thing that I'll, you know, leave on is for this whole topic is that like if you follow Wall Street bets on on Reddit right now, like a bunch of the top voted posts right now are people that have been using their gains from the GameStop trade and AMC and Nokia and BlackBerry and all these other meme stocks, but they've been using their gains to buy like charitable donations. They one, one of the top posts right now is some kid bought like 100 Nintendo switches and delivered them to a local children's hospital and just donated them. And so it's like, those are the real superheroes kids. Exactly. So there might be some cynicism in this, like not everyone's in it for the right reasons, but there are a lot of people that I think are in it for the right reasons that are like, you know what these wall street people that make their money off of these people and then go home and just buy a thousand million dollar cars and these penthouse apartments. They're not doing exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck them. I agree. And it's like, you know, I don't know if everyone's in it for that whole, altruistic reason but you know a lot of people are and i think that that's something cool and i'm you know i might not make a lot of money i might lose some money we'll see what happens next week but um at least i can say that i was kind of part of it which is kind of a cool thing to see the history yeah, yeah sure i've been taking lots of screenshots of my of my app um you know what stock we should invest in what's that ben affleck let's talk about justice league <laughs> Does Ben Affleck have is Ben Affleck publicly traded? <laughs> it's just Baff. <laughs> um, so Justice League Snyder Cut, uh, which has been announced as being released yep. as a full four-hour movie officially. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I, I did. As an official release date of March eighteenth, twenty twenty-one, which means um, I might have to take a day off so I can watch it all because that's a thick boy. The last four-hour movie I watched was Return of the King, extended. Oh yeah. So, Real quick timeout. Yeah. What do we know what Dave March 18th is? Can I look this up? I'm gonna look oh, this up real let fast. me vamp for a little bit. I, I'll get you. I got it. That is March 18th. Is it's a, a Thursday. So they're going to get that subscriptions over the weekend. Can we please do a watch party? We can talk about this off the air. Maybe we'll have to see with work. Because that's four hours and we're on a three-hour time difference. So 
you could be waiting a very long time. That's all right. That's all right. I'll take off work the next day we'll or talk something about like it. that. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about it. Um, but anyway, so this is coming out highly anticipated by many, kind of anticipated by us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to see an actual trailer that isn't just this self-masturbatory Leonard Cohen hallelujah trailer, <laughs> hallelujah. Um, which is funny for a timepiece, but I would like to see like a real trailer that actually like features, I don't know, like the voice of dark side or something. I have no idea what to expect from this movie besides that. We're going to watch way too much Vic stone cyborg, um, which we'll talk about a little later on, but sure. I'm still excited. I'm excited just to have another thing to do an episode of the DCE and review on. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. Are I mean, you happy this- they're releasing all at once? Yeah, so I I mean, I thought that that whole thing was a rumor from the get-go, right? Where it was like Zack Snyder said that they were going to release it either as you could watch it. I thought that it, in the very beginning, the article, like the breaking news was they're going to release it as either you can choose to watch it as a one four-hour long thing or you could choose to watch it in four cut-up segments. How I thought that, that they were going to give people – I don't know. I, like – it's not possible. <laughs> it's possible. Come on. It's like no, it's not. You're yeah. so you're telling me people would choose when the entire world could choose to watch it all at once while pausing it and going to the bathroom. People would choose to be like, "No, I need some self control. Give it to me over the course of four weeks, so the entire thing could no, get no, 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 for no. me." That's not what I'm saying. I think that it's as easy as like a bonus feature on a DVD, right? Where it's like you go to the Justice League Snyder Cut page on the HBO Max app, and it's this big thing that says the Snyder Cut. You click on it, and it's like, and it's got two different things, and it's right. It's like watch the full like full length feature film, or it's like start episode one. It's kind of like how. On Netflix, remember they did they broke uh, the hateful eight into into four parts. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Now. So it's like it's not like it's not like I don't think I thought for the those intention, short attention span people, or it's like, like oh, I this only is have a logical break for me. Yeah, or it's like I only have an hour tonight. Maybe I just want to watch the first part. Like to me, that it just implied that he had a way that that he was like each he had a way that each part of this was going to leave it on like a cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to watch it as a four hour thing. I don't understand. Yeah, I, but for sure. I don't know. I might have to split it up depending on <laughs> <laughs> how crazy it is. But um, you think that movie opens with the uh, dark side trying to conquer the Amazons or whatever, like the, the Lord of the Rings prologue type scene that we got in the Justice League, but like a more fleshed out version? Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with this movie. Like, I just I, hope it, it doesn't start... open with uh, with Ben Affleck shooting a net at this parademon against the wall and then talking to Alfred in front of a criminal. I'll tell you how it's not going to open. It's not going to open with cell phone footage of Superman with a plastic upper lip. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait for Black Suit Superman. That's going to be so fucking yeah, rad. dog. So rad. I'm a fan of truth. I'm also a fan of justice. You know who also is a fan of justice? Who's that? Boba Fett getting justice <laughs> to get his armor back. Let's yep. talk about Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so the Mandalorian season two ends with a mid credit stinger of uh, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan going to Jabba's old palace where uh, Bib Fortuna has been ruling. He's getting a little chunky. He's got that, that COVID-35 <laughs> going. 
And uh, Boba Fett just pops him, takes a seat, and then we see a title thing come up saying The Book of Boba Fett, December 2021, which John Favreau then on ABC said that did. he personally told Disney to not reveal that at the investor call so that that spoiler wouldn't be revealed before the finale. So since then, people have wondered if that was going to be the third season of The Mandalorian and we were no longer going to follow the story of Din Djarin, which... I get some people's hesitations and worries about that, but come on, there's no way that they would just like not go back to him. So it's Dude, been that confirmed. was like a hugely popular theory. Like that after it's the so, finale aired, there's like, no way. It's such a, a bankable Pedro Pascal, such a bankable star, and Mandalorian, such a bankable show. Um, we're still in that period where we're not sure if we can trust Star Wars. Hmm. You don't think they earned it with season two? No, not a hundred percent. I mean, like, I'm still skeptical. So, about do they Star need Wars. two? Do they need two good Disney Plus shows to get your favor back? Favor is different than like skepticism. Like, I'm going to be skeptical about Star Wars for a while. They they released three of the worst movies ever made <laughs> from in in the prequels. So it's like, and they released Solo, which is a trash film. All right. Well, we're not uh, gonna we're not gonna litigate that some more. Not litigate that. No, I just we know mean where like, I stand on that movie. Um, I know. I I just mean like I think there's a large sect of the fan base that were like the book of Boba Fett. Like at the end of that thing, they were like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. Like if you draw the parallels and you try and think outside the box, it's like they called the show the Mandalorian. It's totally within the possibility that it's like, well, the Mandalorian might j- not just mean Din Djarin. It might mean other Mandalorians like so the first two seasons yeah yeah, so it's like you know I could see where a lot of people were coming from I personally was on the camp of like please no please 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 no please let there be a third season for this show and please let this be its own standalone thing I when I saw that I was not in this camp I'm not trying to say that I'm smarter than anybody um but when I saw that I was like a little side mission, a little, little, little mini series on the side. That's going to be fun for those people that are like really into Boba Fett. Like I talked to Mike Richard um, and he Boba Fett's return was like his favorite part of this season. So like this type of show is very important to some people yeah. who felt that their favorite character got did dirty in the original trilogy and then got did even dirtier in the prequels. Um, <laughs> they made him a clone. Yeah. So like, I'm excited for it. Obviously, I'm not as excited as season three of The Mandalorian. But if you tell me yeah. that the Boca Boba Fett is like six episodes over the course of a month and a half about Boba Fett running like a Godfather esque crime syndicate in Star Wars, I'm in. I'm oh, totally yeah. in. I mean, I'm in on the show flash- regardless. Like, yeah, I, I, if it has flashbacks to him getting out of the Sarlacc, or you know, let me tell you this, Zach. Let me let me pitch you an idea real quick. What if? What if Boba Fett's sitting there on that chair? You know, he's drinking some spotchka. And Fennec's like, well, we got all this shit now. What do you want to do? And he's like, I'll tell you what I want to do. There's this one guy that, this one fucker who hit my jetpack with an axe that's still out there running around with his Wookiee friend. Wow. I need Han Solo dead. And that's the premise of the show, the hunt no. for Han Solo. No way. Maybe. No way. You said I bet no it's a crime syndicate. I bet it's back. a whole crime syndicate <laughs> thing where they're hunting down like another Fett. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. What I hope it is, is it's like, yeah, like the wire in Star Wars. Like, it's just like crime syndicates and like, but 
I want Bosk. Give me Bosk. Get Bosk in That'd there. That'd be cool. Maybe That'd get rad. the original IG-88 and maybe make uh, Tycho voice him. That would be... That is the most like on the nose thing I think you've ever come up with. I think that's bankable right there. How about this? Um, but yeah, the so, first ep- the first scene of the first episode is him sitting on that chair with uh, the girl beside him, and and it's like the first episode, and the title card comes up, Book of Boba Fett. You know what the first thing is that you hear? Hey man, we're going on a spaceship. You want to come? I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say he sits on that chair. He's like, what does he say? He's like find me Derek the hut or whatever. And then it's like, and then one, two, three, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and they bring back that chick. You know what I mean? I'm sure size noodles. Nice noodles. Um, yeah, that's right. I think she's dead, bro. I think she blew up on the sail barge, but now she got out. Here's what I think would be cool is a flashback episode in the book of Boba Fett about the adventures of Boba and Max Rebo, the blue <laughs> elephant band leader. That'd be pretty rad. There's just, just like cast me as Max Rebo. Yeah, there's like a Godfather Part Two type episode where there's flashbacks of young Max Rebo just making his way in the olive oil export business. Yeah. Love anyway, it. so long story short, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett is a spinoff series from The Mandalorian in the same way that the Ahsoka show and Ranger of the New Republic is a spinoff. I think all three of those spinoffs will happen over the course of a year or two and then converge for the season three of the Mandalorian. Um, Ooh, wow. That's conf- a lot of filming that they got to do. <laughs> and I, and then they've confirmed that Pedro Pascal will be returning as Din Djarin for Mandalorian season three, which we are patiently waiting for. Mando is um, good, but, but it, it can, can be, be better. better. <laughs> All right. You know, who's better than Mando though? Who? Kevin Feige. Yeah. Kevin he Feige, man. He's Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Feige has confirmed that Deadpool 3 will be in the MCU uh, and he has confirmed and teased that the R rating uh, will happen. Uh, So here's a quote. It will be R rated and we are working on a script right now and Ryan's overseeing a script right now. It will not be filming this year. Ryan is a very busy, very successful actor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've got a number of things we've already announced that we are that we now have to make but it's exciting to have it begun again it's a very different type of character in the mcu and ryan is a force of nature which is just awesome to see him bring that character to life this was in mid-january of this year so a lot of people were worried that when disney acquired fox and the um, mutants x-men type universe that deadpool would move to pg-13 rating um I'm glad to see that it's not. Yes. I think because I think you can, <laughs> if Disney really wanted to, they could still release this under the Fox like title. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. Well, 21st Century Studios still exists for sure. And I'm really glad that he confirmed that he's part of the MCU. Yeah. Um, which brought up an interesting discussion that you and I had this week that I would rather talk about for just a couple minutes here is if Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool survives the merger are any other fox x-men actors going to survive the merger and if so who is the most likely if you had to pick one and you can't pick hugh jackman because i don't want to live in that <laughs> no, i don't want to live in that i don't want them to bring him back because logan no. was such a good swan song so. yes that's i agree with you 100 i i uh 
excellent use of the word, my friend. I I think that I've learned. <laughs> I think that Hugh Jackman is is done, and I think that he he would only tar- they they would only Maybe risk tarnishing appearance. that. Maybe, but it's like you risk tarnishing that legacy so hard by doing anything with it. Now, here's the thing is that like I've learned to put my faith in Marvel. It's like, oh, we're going to do a show that's Bucky and the winner and and Bucky is the winter soldier and the Falcon as two side characters. But it's like, you know what? At this point, I'm like, fuck it. Take Jesus, take the wheel. I I I trust them. Like we're gonna do a show with oh, Wanda sure. and Vision. It's like I trust them. So if Kevin Feige were to come out tomorrow and be like, "Hey, we're bringing back Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine," I would be skeptical. But I'd be like, you know what? I they've done nothing. They've done so much right at this point that I have to put my faith in them. Um, but yeah, to talk about what you were saying with like our discussion is that like I kind of am leaning toward the side where I really want to see some fresh blood in the MCU when it comes to the mutants. Um, I do too. I just, it just seems lazy to pick Ryan Reynolds as the only person that gets to transcend that. It's going to be hard to explain or maybe I not. Really don't think I'm it sure is. they got a lot of smart writers, but I know that like they're said, like, they're cast, they're bringing him because he is that character, right? He is that personality. But wouldn't you say the same about Hugh Jackman? Like, why aren't we, making this well Hugh Jackman is is dead (laughs) fair but but what I was gonna say is that like Ryan Reynolds like created the new what we think of as the Deadpool of now like he was writing that movie forever and he championed that movie's production and and he is that character and I again like like I said to you in text Deadpool is famous for being a character that breaks the fourth wall you can easily have one line in that in his new movie where he's like Oh, I guess I'm in the M set. Like he walks, maybe the opening scene yeah. is like he walks out of the 21st century studios thing and acts and walks into the Disney thing or whatever. And it's like, it's like, how the fuck did I get here? And then you have like him interacting with Mickey mouse or something. It's, it's easy as that. And it's like, people will buy it and believe it because Deadpool is a character that kind of doesn't, he, he doesn't have roots. He, it feels like he can kind of transcend media because he's not, he's like an entity. He's not like, he's not like a character. He's like an entity. Here's what I would do. If I was Ryan Reynolds, I would have him come back and join the MCU via the return of the people from the blip. So he gets, (laughs) he gets pieced together like the paper coming back together at Tony Stark's lake house during the funeral or whatever. And he's just like, what the fuck? And then it goes like, X gone. Give it to you. (laughs) Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. So the, I'm really excited. Obviously Deadpool three will be cool. And since it's in the MCU, this brings some really cool cameos. I, I love in the comics when Spider-Man and Deadpool hang out, but that is like, that's going to be the hardest touchdown to score because it's like, you have to deal with Fox at old, old Fox and Sony and the MCU. I would love to see Tom Holland and, and Ryan Reynolds get together, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, well, we'll see what happens with Spider-Man in the next five to 10 years, because you know, that yeah. Sony deal is like Sony is volatile talking about stocks again. It's like Sony is just a company Stonks. that is like Sony. Sony has had all of its success in the, con- in the home console division, but it's like their movies never make money. That's the whole reason why Spider-Man's in the MCU right now. So 
Yeah. You know, Venom made money, but that could be a fluke. Morbius just got delayed again. I didn't think Morbius was enough of a news story to put in here because who gives a flying fuck? But they're trying, man. They're trying so hard. But yeah, I, I think the big the big thing about this is they're introducing ratings above PG-13 into the Marvel Universe. And I think that that's, that's big. I mean... Which is important for Blade. Yes. I really, really um, do hope that Mahershala Ali gets his R-rated Blade. Gets to decapitate so some fools. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, God, that is the... I keep forgetting about that casting and then I read yeah, about dude. it and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is yeah. such a get for him. I love like, it. Damn, dude. Um, what I want to ask you before we wrap this topic up real quick is, uh, have you yeah. heard of Disney Plus Star? <laughs> no. There's okay. too many icons. There's too many icons. So this is like something that's been kind of flying under the nose of a lot of American Americans is um, in the UK and in other countries, there is a add-on for Disney Plus called Disney Plus Star. S-T-A-R, not like an icon star. Disney Plus oh, okay, star. Yeah. And you should look it up because it's fascinating. But what it is is basically mature content. So like Family Guy, Die Hard. Um, Simpsons? No, Simpsons is on regular Disney Plus. Um, but it's like curated in that, I'm sure. I mean, it's all the episodes from every season yeah. of the simpsons okay but it's like r-rated content r-rated or like a more it's adult always oriented sunny. content i don't know i don't think that's i don't think that's it's fxx maybe it is then but like yeah. there's a whole list you can go out there look it up disney plus star if you have a vpn you can access it while you're in the u.s um but basically it's just you know it's the part of disney plus where you log on and it's like do you want to go to disney plus or do you want to go to disney plus star and, you know, there's parental controls and everything like that. But it's Disney's way of locking out kids from accessing this channel without, you know, a passcode or parental supervision. But I'm assuming this is how this is the early stages of them being like, OK, we're Disney. We know that we can't succeed purely based on PG-13 movies. We got to have some content for the adults. Deadpool's on yeah. his way, blah, 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 blah. How do we do this? And I think that Disney Plus Star or whatever is, is the beginnings of that plan cool man yeah so that's it. it for that i'll have to look it up yeah so deadpool 3 it's gonna make all the monies you know when it comes out especially when it features chris evans and robert Downey jr and all these people but you know who isn't gonna make any more money <laughs> ray fisher <laughs> the, the cyborg cameo played by ray fisher from the dceu has been written out of the flash movie yeah. In light of the allegation Ray Fisher has made against um, Joss Whedon, Jeff Johns, um, John Berg, all these people that work at Warner Brothers and DC Films over the past couple of months, they are just kind of smothering his character out of future projects because of his more or less, I don't want to phrase this in a way that makes me look bad, but he he's he's said that he doesn't want to do anything until the rights get wronged and i think that <laughs> i think that that's your answer right there you know um but on the flip side of that coin i'm not a huge cyborg fan so i'm kind of stoked that he's taking less screen time away from keaton in the flash movie um 
So that's pretty exciting. So here's the thing with the Ray Fisher stuff. And I'm going to get get on this little soapbox here. Give me your soapbox. I understand that you feel hurt by the production of Justice League with Joss Whedon, but you have to tell the public what happened. I may I might be overstepping my bounds here, but it he hasn't made any concrete allegations. He's just said he was treated poorly on set, right, and inappropriately. I just wish he would tell us why, because right now it doesn't it. It kind of seems like the boy who cried wolf a little bit. Like, I'm sure there was some really bad stuff that happened back there, and potentially racist things and all that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like he would get more support if you would just kind of say what it was and yeah. instead it's like this whole investigation thing going on. I don't know. So part of me wants to, to wonder, oh, you know, I have no idea, but part of me wonders if it's a lot of just politics, like behind the scenes politics where it's like screen time stuff, maybe. Well, not just that, but it's like you, you're talking about this kid's future in, in the industry. Like, I mean, he's a young actor. Like he, he wants more roles. He definitely wants to be a bigger part of Hollywood and, I don't know. I, I, I really can't say for sure. Like, yeah, like you said, there's been no hardcore allegations. There's not been, at least to my knowledge, there's not been this person said this, this thing happened here, this date happened when, and it could just be like, he's forming this as it goes. Like he might not have like, he might not have like representation to like yeah, file. Like wild a, if he didn't, but, but perhaps he's gone to represent, like you said, like this could be boy, the cried wolf I, again, like we don't know Ray Fisher. We don't know this guy. We don't know this, this circumstances, but like, yeah, he could have gone to a law firm and they've been like, you know what, this isn't enough evidence to like really prosecute anything, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, it's just weird because it's just like last summer was when this news story came out and it's just like, this happened on justice league. We need to investigate this. And I was like, Whoa, what did Joss Whedon do? Like, I want to know. So we didn't find out if this dude's canceled and nothing has happened since then. And he's just like, he keeps bringing it up. Like you got to investigate. Right? And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like he would get the snowball going more if we would just find out more. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Like, I, I don't want to say that it's this sad guy's like, regardless, I mean, it is, it is sad. Um, one thing that I think is really interesting is that like Zack Snyder has been a longtime champion of this guy and this actor. Like he obviously sees something in this kid. Um, yeah. And I did not think that Ray Fisher was like terrible in Justice League. I just think that he was like given some really I bet you shitty he's really, scenes. I bet you he's much better in the Snyder cut. We'll much see. Better. I mean, time will tell. Uh, we don't have that much longer to wait. We only have like a month or so. Um Man. But I don't know. I, I, I really don't know where this is going. I just do think that, yeah, it is like, it's sad. Like, I mean... It does say the the title of the article says cyborg cameo written out of the flash. Like this is one of the things that they bring up is that like, I don't know if this was meant to be like a huge role to begin with. I don't you know? think so. So this could not just mean that it also, we also don't want to be like over dramatic. It might not mean that they're writing him out of the universe. It could just mean that they're like scaling him back until they figure out where his place and all of this is, you know, like, I don't know. There's a lot of variables. I just think it's a very interesting developing story. The good thing developing. about this is if his cameo has been cut, they should be able to start filming that thing soon. Um, I want to see. I want to see what it is. So curious. Yep. Flashpoint, baby. Only the best yeah. car conversation John Parker and I have ever had in our entire <laughs> life. 
was speculating about Flashpoint for two and a half fucking hours. Oh, man. Well, this next news topic hits very close to home. Uh, this is this is a big one. This is important. So Liam Neeson would like to be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show. When he was asked about this um, and asked if he was aware of how frequently fans clamored for his return as Qui-Gon Jinn, he replied, I'll be honest, I haven't heard that at all. <laughs> of course, we had to reassure Neeson that fans were definitely down for Qui-Gon to come back. Neeson, somewhat surprised, asked us if Star Wars is starting to fade away from the cinema landscape, to which we once again confirmed that it is not, in fact, fading away. After informing Neeson about the big plans for all of the Star Wars movies and TV shows, we asked whether he'd be game to appear in, say, a flashback in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show's Qui-Gon Jinn. At that point, a smile spread across his face, and he answered, sure, I'd be up for that, yeah. <laughs> Collider, January 12, 2020. All right. All right. So he's part of clearly me, been he's clearly blowing smoke up this guy's ass, right? I disagree. I think that he doesn't. I think that Liam Neeson don't give a fuck, and he is so not a part of this universe anymore. No, because I've seen him at Celebration, and this is not how he talks about Star Wars. I think he's blowing smoke up this dude's ass. All right. I think that this That's is such opinion. a funny, funny quote where it's like, it's yeah, hilarious. Game. What the fuck? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, like. He sent in a video message for the Phantom Manus 20th anniversary panel. I've seen him bring up Star Wars multiple times on different like late night talk show things. Like he keeps the Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber in his home office, like hanging above his stuff. Um, obviously he's played a lot more better roles than Qui-Gon Jinn, but Qui-Gon Jinn's a pretty cool Star Wars character. He's one of my favorites, at least. I mean, that movie is dog shit, but. I think he's great. Um, yeah, lovely reason. I think he's. I think he's in the Obi Wan show, and I think he's just fucking around. <laughs> we'll see. I do, so I'll drink bet you now. I don't think he's in the Obi Wan show, but I do think there's a chance that they bring him in somewhere else. That's the only place that kind of <laughs> makes logical sense for him to come back. Didn't though. he? So didn't he? Wasn't he one of the voices that calls out to Ray at the end of Skywalk Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, which is why this quote of him being like is Star Wars starting to fade away from the cinema landscape is such bullshit because he was just in a Star Wars movie last year. In a Star Wars movie. He could, they could have, his agent could have been like, hey, can you record this VO thing while you're, he's like, well, No, dude, they, remember, they filmed that scene with the ghost that got cut. Is that, was that confirmed? Mm, that wasn't in him, the documentary that him, we watched. Sam Jackson. Well, of course it's not. It was Disney washed. Him, Sam Jackson, Hayden, Ewan McGregor, and Yoda. All right. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Whatever. I mean, it's in the past. Time to kill the past. Let old things die. <laughs> kill it if you have to. Maybe it's time to let the old things die. All right. Hold on. Bring Qui-Gon right. Jinn back. Bring that's, him back. Bring him. That's what I want. I, I want would it. love to see old Qui-Gon. Here's the thing. I really hope you're right. I really hope it is blowing smoke up the ass because if he shows up as a force ghost in the Obi-Wan series, that's going to be like fucking like, I'm going to cry. I, I hate the prequels, but I'm going to cry eight-year-old Zach tears. I just want I a scene that. of Obi-Wan Kenobi like talking to him and being like, 
I couldn't do what you asked. I failed. I tried to train him and it went the absolute worst way yeah. that it could have possibly been. And for Liam Neeson to be like coaching him from being this broken Jedi to being like, you have a new purpose now. Like you have to protect this kid. Like this is the next chance. We're going to Rocky train you. And then there's a montage. He's running through the desert. Here's how I was going. I was going the scene at the end at the like halfway through or whatever the um Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams is like it's not, not your, your fault. fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Not you too, Sean. Not <laughs> Shut you up, too. man. Shut up. Man. All right, I have what, to go to the bathroom. You don't think this is a surgery sky? Big blockbuster NFL trade just happened. Did you see? Um, is it Matthew Stafford going to the, yeah, I saw this. They really just gave up on Jared Goff there. Yeah, Jerry. <laughs> they I gave can't believe him, I streamed that loser. They gave him and picks away for Matthew Stafford, who's like 30 something. That's wild. Yeah. Anyway, Zach, you like games, right? I've partaken in a few video games yeah. in my time. Let's talk about this big video game development um, for properties that you and I both like. So yeah, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, Zach and John were in middle school and we used to play these games that were Star Wars or Indiana Jones or other things. And at the beginning, these games would boot up and there'd be an icon um, for a studio called LucasArts, which used to develop all of the Lucasfilm property video games. Um, one of my most memorable ones besides Battlefront is obviously The Force Unleashed was a big LucasArts game in my time. I was a big fan of the Jedi Academy and Jedi Outcast games. KOTOR, baby. KOTOR is a big one. Um, since Disney bought Star Wars, there's a little up-and-coming studio called Electronic Arts has been putting out Star Wars games. And there's been one good one, <laughs> which is Fallen well, Order. So, I mean, an interesting thing, you know, the wrinkle with that, and I'm not sure if you want to dive into it more, is like when when Disney bought the rights to Lucasfilm and like all the Star Wars properties for $4 billion. They dissolved LucasArts. They dissolved LucasArts and they signed a 10-year 10 10 year exclusivity deal with EA. And at the time, it was like, okay, well, that's, you know, that makes sense. They want to go with the biggest video game publisher because EA does publish the biggest video games besides you know, Call of Duty and, you know, Grand yeah. Theft Auto. It's like EA publishes sports. all the biggest sports games and yeah. all the biggest annualized franchises. And so it's like, yeah, that makes, it makes financial sense to go with the company that's going to make them the most money. But then what ended up happening over the last, you know, half a decade is that they've released two lukewarm Star Wars games, a fighter pilot game and Fallen Order. <laughs> so, yeah. I have, a, ahead, I have Sorry heard that people, no, I have heard people really dig squadrons, especially on PC. Um, but the console version as I've heard is not that great. Um, so I so played, and, I played rogue squadron or what's it called? Squadrons squadrons. I played squadrons for about three, four hours on, it was a, you could, if, uh, if you have game pass for Xbox, um, it was available as a free trial. And I think you could try, I think you could play like, I think you could play like eight hours of it before you had to purchase the full game and I played about three or four, I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm not like a 
It's a flight simulator. Yeah, I don't like flight simulators. That's the thing is that yeah. I'm not very good at them. I didn't even like the the dog fighting things in like Battlefront Battlefront Two. Like I wasn't a huge fan yeah. of those. I've heard it's sick in VR. Um, That's the one thing I wish I could try it in. Which sounds really dope. But. Yeah. So, a couple of weeks ago, we got a trailer um, from, and I saw this on the Star Wars YouTube channel, I think. Um, for this little thing called Lucasfilm Games. Um, and they had a sizzle reel for all these up-and-coming Star Wars video games. Um, and it has since been announced that Lucasfilm Games is now this large umbrella title where all Lucasfilm properties that are going to be video games will be kind of like overseen from Lucasfilm Games and they will be distributed and developed through different game studios. Do I have that correct? Yes, so it's kind of for in layman, not in layman's terms, but in in a way that might be easy for our listeners to dissect it, to digest this. It's much like the fact that Game Freak, as a publication, for oversees all Pokemon games. Yeah, but they are published by Nintendo. Yes. If that makes any sense. So it's like Game Freak doesn't necessarily just make Pokemon games. They also do some other things. But they are games that are all under this. Um, the Pokemon genre is under this umbrella of Game Freak. So the idea is that Lucasfilm games are any property that is a Lucasfilm's property is now under this umbrella that could be then licensed out to different publishers. Yep. So we're going to get that uh, Forza 5 version of American Graffiti, right? (laughs) I can't do an American Graffiti. So uh, they could do an American Graffiti game in the style of like Mafia. Yeah, or like GTA. Yeah, or GTA. Yeah, you just run around as uh, Ron Howard and beat people up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so one of the big announcements since the Lucasfilm Games announcement um, is that Bethesda and Lucasfilm Games are working on a stint. Indiana Jones game. Uh, so today, or, or I guess not today, but at the time of this article, Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda Softworks announced a new Indiana Jones game being developed by the award-winning studio Machine Games and executive produced by game industry icon Todd Howard of Bethesda Game Studios. All good things. Um, the standalone adventure starring the legendary archaeologist will tell a wholly original tale set at the height of the career of the famed adventurer. And there's been multiple breakdowns of this little teaser trailer. And you can see that this takes place in between Raiders and the last crusade in the Indiana Jones timeline. So he has not reconnected with his dad yet. So no Sean Connery RIP. Um, but maybe some short round. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I would like love teenage, that. Honestly, I would love a that. teenage short round would be pretty rad. That would line up at this timeline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, when this announcement came out, you and I got so hyped and it just made me remember how much I love those Indiana Jones movies besides yes. skull. Like, yes, sir. Those three movies are so fun and yeah, they're perfect. Since, since Disney bought Lucasfilm, there's been nothing related besides their insistence on making a fifth film starring Harrison Ford. And this is the first like thing that I've been excited about for Indiana Jones of the two things that they've said, but like 
Indiana Jones is a really cool character. There's such a plethora of awesome anthology storytelling you could do in that world. Yeah. That kind of like World War II era, you know, like explorers, you know, rudimentary archaeology where they're still like digging with shovels and stuff and breaking things because they don't know how to properly take care of stuff. Like this is really exciting to me. Um, And this game studio is obviously very great and, and Todd Howard slaps. So yeah, I'm excited. I yeah. Wait. I mean, I think, and we're, we're going to talk about the third, the third part of this story here in a sec, but like the, the craziest part to me about this entire story is that these, these three major stories came out one day after another. January like 11th. Yeah. Ja- January yeah. 11th, 2021 Lucasfilm games is a thing. Cool. What did that fucking mean? January 12th, 2021. Bethesda and Lucasfilms games is making an Indiana Jones game. What the fuck? January 13th, Star Wars game. So it's like literally they just hit. It was like, it was the triple shot, you know? Yeah. It Um, was Indiana Jones shooting the guy with the sword, but he did that three times in a row. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I, I, I love Uncharted. I think Uncharted is one of the best you know, third person action games of our time. I think it's definitely PlayStation three's best franchise and definitely one of the best games on PlayStation four with a thief's end. I think that, um, uh, lost legacy. Yeah. Lost legacy is really good too. I just think that, you know, you know, it's so funny to me that it's like Sony has this amazing IP and uncharted. That's a first party game. And it's like, well, what can we do to rival that, you know, and Bethesda, but you know, Bethesda recently was just purchased by Microsoft to be a first party studio. And, uh, you know, I have my doubts on whether or not, I don't think that they're going to be necessarily just releasing their games to Xbox consoles. I do think there's going to be exclusivity stuff. Like you might be able to play it first on Xbox, but I guarantee you PlayStation owners will be able to play this Indiana Jones game. Definitely the star Wars game. But, um, yeah, just the idea of so machine games. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played one of their games, but they they've released the Wolfenstein games yeah. where you're literally BJ Blazkowicz shooting Nazis in like. This is why of- I think it'll be cross platforms, is because it's being developed by Machine Games. It's just being produced by the Bethesda guy, so I don't yeah. think it's a Bethesda game specifically. It's not like they're releasing a Skyrim game or something, but. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, Machine Games I, is I, owned I've by seen, Bethesda, but yeah, I've seen. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Well, I've seen Michael play Wolfenstein. Um, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein. I hope it's not a first-person Indian. No, that well, that's what I want to say. Is like, what do you expect from this? Like, what what do you want the game to be? Like, do you have an idea? What's your pitch? Like, what's your game pitch? Like, what is obviously the Indiana Jones is not a rock climber like uncharted so i don't want to pitch it like uncharted from that standpoint but make an uncharted game with indiana jones but instead of the copious amounts of rock climbing it's more focused on like you know what they introduced in uncharted 4 with the grapple is like how i think you can traverse the world with the whip in indiana jones um, but all the puzzle solving, you know, all that kind of stuff, like that's what I want. I want a third person adventure game. Um, if it's first person, I'm sure it'll still be really cool. It could be kind of like a, you know, I don't know, but that's, that's what I would prefer. I'm of two minds, right? 
if you were, if I was in a board meeting for this game and they said like, what, what you were making an Indiana Jones game, Zach, you're the director of this game. What do you want this game to be? My gut reaction, you're frozen again. So let me know if you can hear me or else I'm just going to stop again. <laughs> He's I got back. booted. You got booted? You're right. You're of two minds. Some of two minds. Like I said, if I was in the pitch meeting and they were like, Zach, you're the game director of this Indiana Jones game. What do you want this game to be? My, my gut reaction is literally, let's make Uncharted, but make it Indiana Jones. Third person action game with a lot of combat and shooting mm-hmm. and sword play mm-hmm. and melee combat. Um, heavy emphasis on the puzzles. Heavy emphasis on, you know, uh, like historical sites go to famous places in you know in the world famous places in terms of historical you know uh like historical importance um have a really great focus on the story like make side characters that you care about make it a plot that you care about have like a supernatural twist toward the end um make it literally uncharted because uncharted is indiana jones like uncharted wouldn't exist without indiana jones it's a franchise uncharted exists because they you know, they saw Indiana Jones and they're like, we can make that and we can make it, you know, modern in the, in the two thousands. And that's what they did. And uh, I think you literally do the same thing with this Indiana Jones game. However, like I said, I'm of two minds because if you machine games is known for making first person shooters, if you make it a first person shooter, you don't have to worry about modeling the face and the character which is a huge hangup because like literally Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. Well, and I, you're missing a big part too, where if it's a first person shooter, you don't see the guy in the fedora. What's the point? It could be any other game. Sure. Indiana Jones silhouette is iconic because of, you know, what he looks like. I, there's no way this isn't a third person game. <laughs> We'll see. I think anything is possible. I think, I think you could switch back and forth. Like maybe when you pull out your gun, it goes to first person, you know? Oh, Jesus. I hate, I don't know. I don't want that. I want the, I wanted to commit, like I wanted to commit to either one or the other vision because like, I, I think it's going to be a third. I, if I had to, if I had to bet money, I bet it's a third person action game, just like uncharted. That's my yeah. bet. Who do you think is most likely to, cause I'm sure there'll be a lot of new characters. Who you think is most likely to make a return besides Indy? Well, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to return from the, the movie trilogy. Like, I think that you'll, you, you'll definitely have Harrison Ford giving his voice to act in, in some respect, but like, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a wholly original story. Like they said in the, in the thing, like it's, um, what's you don't the think quote? Sola makes an appearance. What, what did they say? You are named after the dog. (laughs) The standalone adventure starring the legendary archaeologist will tell a wholly original tale set at the height of the career of the famed adventurer. Like, wholly original to me says that it's Indiana Jones and no one else, but new people, you know? I'm good with that. I'm good with that, too. But I'm also good if Sala in short rounds shows up, so. You are named after the dog. I think that Shia LaBeouf should probably cameo in this game. That is the person that needs to stay as far away from this game as possible. <laughs> Him and I don't want them to bring Marion into this game at all. Yeah. Just yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, probably not a good idea. I was a child. We were in love. It was wrong and you knew it. 
God, so I have my, I was going through my hard so drive the other day and uh, making sure I backed everything up. And I still have that yeah, Indiana Jones Skull 4. documentary. I have that, the what? The Indiana Jones 4 commentary? Yes, I still have the commentary. So I just need to edit that motherfucker and put it up. Yikes. I don't even remember what we talked about. Nope. Total blackout. <laughs> that entire episode <laughs> is just nothing to me. It's just, it's just. I'm pretty funny. sure we went and got Cecilia's in the middle of that. Yeah, so, we did. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. What's next? We got one more one more big thing to talk about, right? Yep. So in addition to the Indiana Jones game being made, Ubisoft, who makes the Assassin's Creed games, as well as many others, uh, is developing an open-world story-driven Star Wars game. Um, it'll be, according to, I don't, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Yves Gilmore. Yeah, it'll be the start of a long-term collaboration with Disney, which is cool for these potential open-world games. Um, and here's some more information on this. So it says, no other gameplay details have been announced, and Massive is actively recruiting for the project. The game will utilize its Snowdrop engine used for the studio's Division games, like Division 2 director, or sorry, and Division 2 director Julian Garrity will direct this project too. Divisions like the squad games, right? Yeah, it's like a Destiny. Like Tom Clancy? Yeah, it's Tom Clancy's division. It's a it's yeah. kind of a Destiny clone. You know, you go out in a squad, you have these missions, you you know, it's a looter shooter. Yeah. No indication has been given whether this is uh, single or multiplayer, which if it's story-driven, open world, leads me to believe it's probably single, but maybe a little of both. Um, or what part of the Star Wars timeline it would be. Or when it would be released. Um, Yves Guimont did give a small tease that why it's in the game will be an original Star Wars adventure that is different from anything that has been done before. Luke, oh, sorry, there's another little bit here. <laughs> Lucasfilm also told Wire that all Star Wars games would continue to be treated as canon along with the films, books, comics, and television. That's an important statement. Yep. Because, like... The big takeaway before we talk about, because I want to talk about what you think this game's going to be, this Ubisoft game. Yeah. But the big takeaway to me is that, like, you know, when when this news broke and it was like, oh, Bethesda's making an Indiana Jones game. Oh, Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. What about the EA license? We heard about this back in 2015, 2016. It was like they had this 10-year contract. That was the thing. And it's only 2021. They still have four years left on this contract, supposedly. So EA came out with a statement saying, like, they kind of skirted around the idea of talking about a contract, but they were like, our partnership with Disney and Lucasfilm still remains strong and we're going to keep going. So it's like, obviously the cards were dealt in a specific way where Disney was like, you know, we can license our IP out to these other companies and still keep this, this deal in place with EA. To me, uh, this might just be the, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me, but it's like, I think Disney was clearly unhappy with how Star Wars was being treated in the video game space by EA. And so they're like, you know what? We're going to start licensing our product out to other developers that are more proven to make these kind of games that we want, games that sell. And, you know, Ubisoft is a proven developer that makes, you know, banger after banger, critical success, games that actually sell, games that make money. And then it's like Bethesda is a company that is loved by fans. Like Bethesda makes games that fans love and, so this makes total sense to me. I, I just think this is a this is unprecedented. Yeah, and I think that you know the fact that 
basically Disney and Lucas 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 Games now or Lucas Films Games are just like we have this license. We have two of the most famous franchises ever, Star Wars and, and Indiana Jones, and you know any other property under Lucas Arts, Lucas Films. It's like who can we license this out to? Who has the best idea? And that gives me all the hope in the world that Naughty Dog could make a Star Wars game. <laughs> I want that so bad. <laughs> Get Troy yeah. Baker and Ashley Johnson in the Star Wars universe. So yeah, just as a quick thing before we talked about the, the Star Wars game by Ubisoft is like, I just think that this is a cool thing to happen in the video game industry. It's like Star Wars and Lucasfilm's IP are just basically up for grabs to whoever can do it right. And if these two the developers screw it up, like someone else could come in and jump in and do it better. You know, I think that this is only help. I think this is only positive for gamers. Like, I think this isn't negative at all for this might be negative for like EA shareholders, but like for you and me, for the average video game player, I think this is nothing but good news. I'm sure they'll still make a fallen order sequel, um, which for sure that game, that game sold and was well received and people love it. So they can still make that in the next couple of years. And I'd be happy with that, but I don't really care about Battlefront anymore. They really dropped the ball with that. And I re-downloaded. Um, so I re I re-downloaded Battlefront Two because it's free on. Uh, it's part of Game Pass for the Xbox. I played a few matches and I was like, you know what, this game is fun, but like, man, what a just a misfire. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they need to make a Star Wars Battle Royale. Then you and me can start streaming that, and we'll get famous. Twitch famous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the Ubisoft game though is. Did you ever play Star Wars Bounty Hunter? Yeah, I did actually. I had it for the GameCube. I think it's like that. I think okay. you're gonna play a new character, some type of underworldy smuggler, bounty hunter, mercenary type figure, who's part of a crew. In the same way that Fallen Order has like the small crew with the really cool, iconic new ship, and you go to some new worlds, maybe some old favorites like Coruscant or something. Okay. Um, with the amount of slam dunk stuff they do with Assassin's Creed, I think it'd be so cool if you could do like stealth bounty missions, you know, in Coruscant or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's something along those lines. Um, I don't think they're doing KOTOR given by the statement that it's in a wholly new thing. I think they're going to save that for something else. And I don't want them to double down and do another Jedi-based game. So that's why I'm leaning more towards the like roguish type video game. So that'd be my prediction. Okay. Or a Dexter Jexter type of uh, <laughs> what's that cooking game? The the kitchen cooking game? mama. <laughs> yeah. Hell, buddy. <laughs> All right. Here's my prediction, and this might be controversial. So. Sorry for the hot takes, everybody out there in internet land. Charge our game. Uh, I bet this game is almost exactly like D- Division or Destiny. I bet this is a looter shooter where it's, you know, half single player, half multiplayer, very multiplayer focused. Where there's that even quote where it's like, where does he say? No, no indications was given as to whether massive Star Wars game would be single or multiplayer. Blah 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 blah. Where it's like. I bet you anything to me 
what this game is, what Ubisoft does with their games like Division and Ghost Recon is what they've done recently. And they even started dipping their toe into this with Far Cry. I bet you it's, you create a character. What do you want to be? You want to be a Jedi? Do you want to be a bounty hunter? Do you want to be, a, you know, a resistance member or a rebel member or a, or a, uh, a, a, like a new order or an empire, wherever the timeline is? You create this character. You start leveling them up. You start getting better armor, better loot, better gear by running these missions. Go to this place, kill this, these enemies, get this loot, bring it back to your home base, level up your character, get better armor, get better gear. And, you know, you can get a, like a, a team of four or five people together that are your friends and you go on these raids together. Hey, this, this, go defeat the Sarlacc, go defeat this person, whatever, you know, go defeat the Rancor. Can we enter into the pod race? Yeah, sure. I, pod racing could be a thing. It could be like, I, I don't know. I hope that this game is, I mean, like, I don't know what I don't know what to expect because Ubisoft doesn't make a whole lot of aside from Assassin, Assassin's Creed they don't make a whole lot like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry are the two games that they make every year that are like very single player focused but other than that most of their stuff is multiplayer and so just judging by their past pedigree like I'm assuming that these games are going to be very this Star Wars game is going to be like them trying to make the Star Wars version of Destiny or the division or whatever. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that because all of a sudden the floodgates are open. If any studio can make any game, like if Ubisoft wants to make a a star Wars game, that's kind of like a looter shooter. I'm fine with that. As long as there's, you know, Wolfenstein developers that are going to make a story driven Indiana Jones game. And maybe fucking maybe Corey Barlog after he's finished directing God of war, Ragnarok decides that he wants to direct a star Wars story driven first person game. Like I'm totally fucking in, you know? So I don't know where there would be cynicism from Zach. I'm, I'm actually feeling like pretty optimistic about the free market of star Wars. I would love the God of war guy to make a Darth Vader game. That'd be cool. It's so rad. Um, there's a a Darth Vader. Have you heard of Vader immortal? Yeah. So I still haven't bought it yet, but I'm waiting for it to go on sale. Also, it's a pain in the dick hole to plug your PSVR into the PlayStation 5. They've just not made it very easy to do that. But um, I really want to play that Vader game on the PSVR. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. I've heard it's great. They had a booth set up at Celebration where you could try it out. Um, Maybe I'll save it until the next time you're in Cincinnati and then we can play it together and just drink copious amounts and each be Vader. That sounds I like think fun. you fight Vader. Oh, really? I thought you are Vader. No, the premise is you're in his castle on Mustafar, and he's, like, hunting you. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. Cool. Oh, any well, that's closing the news, on Any th- closing thoughts from you, Jay, on Star Wars? Here's what I want to know. Any closing thoughts on this Ubisoft game, but do you have any any thoughts about where you want Star Wars and Lucasfilms games to go, like, in like what do you want to see in video games like do you want to see them do anything specific or do you what I think do you what you see? said sounded really fun because it's it's multiplayer i would love things to connect me with my pals um but not in the battlefront vein where it's like i suck because i don't spend money on these microtransactions and i don't want to do that to be good at this online game so in the way that you were describing like connecting sounds pretty cool i would love more story-based games i thought fallen order was fantastic um 
I'm just hung up on the Indiana Jones game though, man. Like that's the one that I'm looking that's, forward to the most. Yeah, like I, agree. I love Star Wars. It's when it's my favorite property, but I played plenty of Star Wars games and I've only played one Indiana Jones game and it's the Lost Atlantis one or whatever. Yeah. The point and click one. So Oh what um so there's an Indiana Jones game. Um Oh, Legend of the Something Castle or something like that, but it's it's available for free for Xbox uh, Gold members, and it's like a 360 game, but it's like oh, it's atrocious. Um, yeah. uh, it's like even worse Tomb Raider. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. I I I'll, the sentiment that you said there, I'll agree with, is that like it's funny because you know I like Star Wars more than I like Indiana Jones, even though they're two like great franchises, but the idea of an Indiana Jones video game just makes for whatever reason, like whatever this is until I see maybe more information on the next God of war, or if the uh, next last of us just suddenly came out of the thin blue sky. Like to me, uh, the, the, um, the Indiana Jones video game is my most anticipated video game right now. And I just, we don't know anything about it. Like we just know that there's a video game being developed about Indy and it's the machine games guys. And to me that, that that's enough to make it my most anticipated video game right now. I'm excited, man. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, I, it makes me just thinking about it. gets me excited about those movies again. And I always forget how much I like them until I start watching them. I'm like, totally. This trilogy was so, I used to watch it almost as much as I watched star Wars as a kid. Like that trilogy means so much to me. Um, and with all the great things that have come out, like, it's been 13 years since they made an Indiana Jones movie. And before that it was like 30 years. So it's just like, it's just a franchise that has not gotten as much life as I think it could. And it just reminds me how good it is. So yeah. Fortune and glory, fortune and glory. Kid. Sick Parvis Magnum, baby. <laughs> yeah. Just cross them over. Just <laughs> Oh God. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. that would be cheesy as fuck, but like I would, I'd be here for it. A Indiana Jones running into a young Victor Sullivan is not out of the question. Goddamn El goddamn short round. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's it. I think we've I think covered everything we've going. We've been going strong here. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to this very news jam-packed episode of Radiovania. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this long haul through the desert, through the through the the bowels of the the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, I think we all came out stronger, men and women and and folks after this episode. Definitely. Lots to be anticipated about. Um, so, coming up in the future, right? Today is the last, uh, literally, as I record this right now, I'm on the East Coast. Um, it's 1.08 a.m. in Ohio on the 31st. So tomorrow is the first day of February. Um, no, January 31st. Yeah. To me, tomorrow is. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so in February, what we got to look forward to is we're, March is going to be the Snyder Cut. You can look forward to that. That'll be part of the D, the Radiovania DCEU in review where we'll, we'll watch the Snyder Cut and we'll review it and add it into our list. Um, but until then, we have more WandaVision to catch up with. A um, bunch of stuff happening, I'm sure. Like We'll catch up with news stories. Hopefully, they'll, we'll get an episode in between now and when WandaVision ends. Um, 
and maybe when, and then we'll get this, the Snyder cut in there. But so lots of good Radiovania coming up in the next, in the next month or two. So stay tuned to that. You can go to radiovania.com for all of that good content. Um, and please subscribe and rate and review us on all of the podcast services out there that you'd like to listen to. Feel free to tweet me your questions, comments, and concerns. I'm at Zach Rotello. Uh, John is radiovaniashow at gmail.com. He'll answer all the emails. Don't worry yep. about it. That's yeah. me. Uh, you can send him your your recipe your recommended recipes for like quinoa meatballs or whatever i'm sure he'll he'll sounds gross <laughs> oh okay. well, i'm sure that's fine right? impossible meatballs are pretty good oh yeah yeah I, I watched a gif recipe on reddit today about uh vegan meatballs and it was like you you saute onions and mushrooms and then you put them into like a food processor with garlic and like some like seasoning basil and like some flour. And yeah. then you roll those into balls and you basically have vegan meat meatballs. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I actually think I could get down with that for, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go get some more food right now. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you all for listening. We love you very much. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And, uh, what is it? There's nothing to hear. Uh, uh, John, end me with a. Give me a. Uh, give me a Wandavision quote to end this episode out. I was a twin. Did you say Ultron? His name was Pietro. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. Thanks. <laughs>